Hey, good morning. It's your girl, Kilowatt. I hope you're doing well. I'm on my way into town from dropping Braylon off. And I have to drive line 72 today. I had a really, uh, a really good day yesterday with my passengers. It was kind of chaotic. There's a national bus driver shortage, which is fun when you think about the fact that we're necessary uh, for existence and everybody's panicking and talking about the fact that there's not enough bus drivers, but also puts a whole lot of perspective on the simple fact that we're not allowed to strike or demand different working conditions based off of our power to strike because our union gave it away. And part of me wonders, like deep down, I wonder if we have grounds for like a lawsuit. It just seems that when you have a union, the last thing you should be doing is going backwards. Like I know that we had a pension, but because of our union negotiations, they backtracked and now we've got a 401k, which is something that they fought hard for. So I'm not sure why ATU lost the pension. Not really sure how that works, but seems kind of fucked up. So that being said, I, I was only thinking about that this this last week because on Sundays I run line eight and where I lay over at the back end of Winchell near Carl's Jr. is the Nabisco factory where all the workers were striking and they're on week two of their strike. And honestly, I like to see people come together because that's how you get fair working conditions. That's how you get things done. When you show that you are an essential part of that the business that's operating and paying you for your employment, they have a tendency to undervalue you. And so when you show them how, how special you are by, by simply refusing to go along, just say, no, I'm not going to fucking do that. This is my line in the sand. Like back in the day, uh, before the triangle shirt fires, they had, (sighs) I was like back in the industrialized age where they had factories and immigrants working for like three dollars a week but they were working 10 hour days and making you know pennies but they were being shoved into these factories with oil soaked clothing and uh lamps and lots of really dry linens because they were in the midst of you know making triangle shirts which is like a style back then where it's like a detachable t-shirt that you could tuck in a like a corset so it looks like you're wearing the full garb of the long dresses in order to keep appearances it was just easier that way anyway tangent train (coughs) sorry I just inhaled some of my spit so these girls would uh, go into these really unsafe working conditions They were maybe about, you know, anywhere between 12 to 17 years old. Young immigrant girls from Ireland. Their parents were first generation immigrants to America. And in order to make it, they had to work in these really treacherous factories with horrible working conditions. And in this particular company, the Triangle Shirt Company, they would lock the doors so that the girls couldn't steal from them. Because that's how they fucking rolled. They were paying them pennies. And they were afraid that they were going to steal the product that they were making money off of. <laughs> so mind you, one of those t-shirts costed three bucks. It cost the company three bucks uh, or they profited three dollars. And then in order to make it, one girl making hundreds of those shirts would make three dollars a week. So that'll give you 
kind of an idea of what the 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 I guess the gap between the margin of profit between the corporation that employed the employee back then to now was, which is grotesquely large. Anyway, there was a famous fire that ended up killing 149 people because everybody on the ninth floor couldn't get out of these unsafe working conditions. And ironically, the workers had just had a strike and demanded that they have more pay, safer working conditions, 10 hour work days, which seems fair. I mean, to insist that only 52 hours a week is the minimum. I mean, it's ironic that they would think that that's normal because that's sort of where we're coming to now. Um, but it used to be 40. We used to have a better quality of life. And since everything's gone down with this pandemic and I, I want to say it's corporate greed and like a dark government that's fucked up, but I think they crafted this fucking virus in order to make us dependent upon vaccines to make money for the the fucking pharmaceutical companies. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying it's crowd control and really mass amounts of wealth and, and profit being made off the deaths of many people. Not something that shocks me, honestly, the way that our society's been, but that's how I feel about that. Anyway, so I was thinking about that when I was watching them strike and I thought about the fact that we couldn't strike and I thought about the fact that that they're uh, constantly in the hole having runs being canceled talking about not being able to profit or make money because of this pandemic and then blaming you know the drivers for runs being canceled but the truth is you now have to pay people $4,000 just to sign on and become bus drivers because you undervalued the fact that we were essential employees that carried your business. So what do you think we could get if we were actually able to strike? Right? Like you would assume, I would say, I would say that the, that the move the union should have made, I don't know when they made it, but when they got rid of our pension, you would assume that the move to get the pension back would be to forego our right to strike. But they already played that bet and now they're going backwards because now we can't strike. So I think personally that should have been like an illegal agreement. I don't think that that's anything that the operators could have given up that they ever should have because that's the that's the power of a union, dude. When you guys say no to what we put on the table and we all say fine fuck you find somebody else to drive the buses at that point in the midst of a pandemic we could have gotten a pension back but we don't have that shit anymore and we're sitting here being told we're essential employees there's this national bus driver shortage and then like we're getting cheaper uniforms we're being dressed down and it just seems like i'm sorry but if you're gonna cut corners don't do it from the people that are carrying the load right doesn't that make sense you wouldn't you wouldn't piss off the cook of a fine restaurant, would you? Just the same as you don't piss off the fucking bus driver of a bus driving corporation. Like, I don't get it. Anyway, I'm driving into town. Yesterday was a really good day with my passengers. Uh, we were overloaded with people. There was just not enough drivers. People are quitting. People are getting COVID. Uh, people are dying. I don't think we've had any drivers die from COVID. Uh, but we've had, you know, heart attacks and things that they that they are relating to COVID, which seems to be a thing. I don't know. 
and I was able to connect with a few of my passengers that I hadn't spoken with in a while. Uh, my passenger, Robert, just had neck surgery. He had some injuries that, that he sustained from Grant High School. And he just, he's such a quiet guy. I think the first time I met him, he was, oh, he was hungry. And he asked if I could buy him something to drink at the 7-Eleven. And I bought him a pizza as well. And then we became friends, like fast friends after that. Then I didn't see him for a while and I was worried and I just ran into him yesterday and, and I found out that he had uh, neck surgery. So it must have been pretty substantial, like a lot of pain for him, which would make sense because he was always constantly looking down and I didn't understand. So now he's got free mobility and he asked me to play a song for him. He's kind of uh, quirky, right? I have quirky passengers that I love. And anyway, he asked me to play a song for him and it was called I Can't Wait by, let's see. I Can't Wait by New Shoes. And I don't know if you guys know about it, but it was just, it's such an old school song and it made me laugh because he was like, you remember this song? Do you remember this song? And I was like, yeah, I do. I remember getting ready for school in the morning and hearing it (laughs) on the radio and it's just, it cracked me up, and then I ran into Sunny. I saw I saw Sunny. His birthday's coming up on the twenty fourth, so I promised him a sheet cake from Dairy Queen. He said he's never had one, and he's gonna make the entire month of September his birthday month. Sunny said he's doing much better now. He got into some dark spaces for a little bit, but he's good to go. And I just like him. I like his fucking renegade attitude, his little rebel spirit. So there's that. I just got, uh, I got to talk to Jake this last week and I'm, I think I'm going to try and get him to come to Portland. I'm going to try and work something out with his papa because I don't think things with his dad are working out. I mean, Brad's been really like, he sent me another round of messages that was just like assaulting, like insulting. It was insulting is what it was. And told me basically, well, you succeeded in convincing Jake to move to Oregon. And I was like, I never said, never said that I was trying to, you know, naturally I want him close by, but Brad seems to be going off the rocker. So I'm cool with it. As long as he's not fucking with me anymore, I'm good. Uh, so there's that. I just got Berlin a this is sort of like an update really. I just, I'm kind of in my own space right now. Like now that I've broken away from all that bullshit, I feel free. I have a lot more plans made with friends. I've got a lot more things going on that just feel like I went and I grabbed sushi with my friend James and I got plans with my friend Glory and I'm making new friends. I got, you know, my, my best friends that I've, known for years and I'm finally connecting with now that I'm in town we're all hanging out and it's just it's really nice like I've come into a place where I'm like really peaceful <laughs> and I've, I've like let go of all the fuckery and I'm, I'm good like I'm okay things are kind of evening out for me and I'm finding my own way I'm gonna start to I think I might get in touch with like a financial consultant or somebody that can help me manage my debt like a debt financial consultant person. I don't know, somebody who can help me 
figure out my debt situation so I could pay down my car payment, get all my student loans handled, and then start saving for a house. Ideally, I would get a house in Portland. I don't know if I'll get that close, but I would like to at least be in the middle between um, Brent and my work because I know he's not coming into town anytime soon. Him and K2, I guess, are talking about getting a house with a farm. I don't know how realistic that is. That's just something Braylon said. She's like, we're going to get a house with a farm. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) cool. Like, I don't know what that's about, but good for you guys. And fuck you at the same time. Anyway, (laughs) I still hate, I still hate you. I do. I, I don't hate Brent as much as I hate K2, but you know, it is what it is. I'm just going into my Wednesday. I thought it was my my Friday. Um, so that's fun. Guess it's my Thursday. Tomorrow's my Friday. Anyway, long story short, I got a lot of shit going on this week. Braylon starts school next week. I'm kind of scared. She's going to be starting in a new school, which I was kind of very much against. However, it, it's the only logical choice and option that we have with regard to getting her there considering I live in Portland and me driving all the way out to Malino or Malala every day is not realistic. So at this point, the compromise is Beaver Creek. So I could at least just drive her, you know, to to Clark's in the morning if I have to. Otherwise that's, that's our option. And I wanted to, I just wanted to say hi, because it's been a minute and I was driving and it's such a long fucking drive, man. Like making these drives when Brent went out of town this week, it was like, two additional hours added on, it was more than me driving. It would be like me driving all the way home and then realizing I forgot my wallet and then driving all the way back to work and then all the way back home again. That's, that's the equivalent of me. Like if home was back in Malala. So it's just, it was an additional amount of time than I was used to. And so at that point I just got fucking tired. I was like, dude, I would at least need to do something productive and like update people on my fucking podcast, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm doing really well and I wanted to let you know that I was okay. Even though I'm in hermit mode, I'm not in, I'm not anywhere close to dating anything. Anybody don't want to do that. I'm good. I'm just going to focus on me and my kids and just being happy and getting my shit together. Cause that's all I can do. I hope you guys are doing well and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for hanging out. Love you. Bye.